Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Gotta be feeling good about what Mike White's done today. On third and four, he'll look to throw. In zone, no! Touchdown, Jets! Mike White, how about him? Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away, Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. Rodgers in trouble again, and he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we're going to talk about day one of the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. No players there today, but some news because all the general managers spoke, including Joe Douglas. So there was quite a bit of news coming out of the Combine today. And as always, our man on the scene, as Otis Redding would say, and later, of course, also said by the Black Crows, who covered the great song Hard to Handle, George Brimmer of the Herald Bulletin in Anderson, Indiana. You've heard him on the show a billion times because the Jets and Colts do so much business together. Plus, since he's in Indy, he always comes on and we talk about the combine every year since he's there. George, thanks so much for coming on and talking about all the news that came out of the combine in day number one. Yeah, no problem, Scott. Uh, it feels like it's been a while. I mean, there wasn't that that trade during the draft this year, so it feels like we, we missed an annual meeting. It's crazy. Not only was there no trade, but the Jets didn't even sign a guy from Indy or hire somebody from the coaching staff. So for the first time in a couple of years, there wasn't any reason for us to do a show. In fact, the Jets didn't even play the Colts this year, so it was kind of wild how that worked out. But with that in mind, we do finally have an opportunity to talk, and I always love talking with you, especially when it comes to discussing stuff around the league, because we both have a fascination with not just the teams that we cover, but the other teams around the NFL, and we're going to get to some big news that happened there. But first, let's start locally with the Jets. Joe Douglas spoke to the press today. He said that the team had a fantastic meeting with Derek Carr when Derek Carr came to Florham Park. They're going to have a follow-up meeting this week. Also, Carr will meet again with the Saints. He's going to meet with the Panthers for the first time. There may be other teams. We'll get into the Carr news in a little bit, but here's what Douglas had to say. Carr left a strong impression with everybody, said that they will look at every available quarterback to make the best decision. On the timetable for adding a quarterback, Douglas said, 
quote, I think everyone would like it done sooner rather than later, but everyone has their own process. That, of course, is referring to Derek Carr, who would like to get things done before the start of the legal tampering period, and Aaron Rodgers, and who the heck knows when he makes any decision because he loves to play around with people and go on his own timetable. As they say, he plays by his own rules, George, and that's cool. And I totally admire that, and I find it entertaining, except with the Jets, I find it exhausting because I would like this whole thing to be ironed out one way or another. And we'll get into some news with Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr in a bit. Despite saying that the visit with Derek Carr went well, Douglas did decline to say whether or not there was a contract offer to Derek Carr or whether they talked specific numbers. As far as specific numbers go, we do know that there has been some talk about that with Quinn and Williams, the Jets' best player, star defensive tackle All-Pro. Quote, we've had several good discussions with Quinn's agent and feel really good about where we're at. That, of course, is general manager speak. Douglas said he is very confident about how the quarterback situation is going to play out. And when it's time to pull the trigger, the Jets will pull the trigger. Also said that when it comes to Brees Hall, Elijah Vera Tucker, Mekhi Becton, who will all be coming back from major injuries, they're all doing great in their recovery and the team feels very good about it. The plan is for Hall to be ready at the start of the season. That, of course, is GM speak. Nobody really knows exactly where these guys are at. They're taking the optimistic view publicly at the moment. Joe Douglas did also talk about Dwayne Brown. He apparently had a procedure on his shoulder. Douglas said that they have high regard for Dwayne Brown, but they'll see where he's at in his recovery. He, of course, is a candidate to either retire or potentially be released. Douglas said that as far as the offensive line and defensive line, they would both be a big focus in the offseason. Makes sense. They're going to lose some key pieces there. Sheldon Rankins, most likely gone. They may part ways with Carl Lawson because of his cap figure. So we'll see what they end up doing as far as adding guys in free agency and the draft. Douglas also refused to talk about specific possible cap casualties. Emphasized that the team is in a healthy cap spot because they don't have any money prorated into the future, said that nothing is going to happen as far as cuts or restructures until after the combine this week. And last but not least, George, as it pertains to the Jets, we now know what we all suspected. The Jets are going to be playing in the Hall of Fame game. It will be August 3rd against the Cleveland Browns. The Jets have two players getting inducted into the Hall of Fame for the first time in history. They will have two players in the same class, Joe Klecko, who gets in on the veteran vote, and Darrell Revis, first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the greatest cornerbacks, if not the greatest cornerback of all time, prime for prime. So, George, your thoughts on everything said by Joe Douglas? I know that you've had to deal with a lot of these general manager pressers from Chris Ballard, who a lot of people have compared Joe Douglas to in terms of the way that he conducts himself, and many other general managers who have been in and out of Indianapolis over the years. What do you think about what you heard from Joe Douglas today and the entire situation? We'll get into the Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr stuff in a little bit more depth in a second. But just from what you heard from Douglas as far as the quarterback timetable and everything, if you have any thoughts there, too. Yeah, you know, I I think that's one of the toughest things. You know, the Colts have been through that the last, what, three or four years uh, where you're trying to get the quarterback in the offseason. It almost is like everything else is on pause until that happens, because even trying to recruit other guys in. You know, you you don't it's a lot easier to sell your your team when they know who's throwing the football to them. You know, you want to sign wide receivers or tight ends. 
you want to get an offensive lineman, anybody on offense, even a lot of defensive guys want to know who that quarterback is. And so it really feels like you're just kind of in a waiting pattern until that decision gets made. So I think the good news there from a from Jet standpoint is sounds like Derek Carr wants to get this done before free agency starts. Tampering period is March 13th. So you got about a two week period there. You know, that way, if Aaron Rodgers stretches things out, which last year he made his decision on March 8th. So if that's similar, you know, it could be a week or two away from finally getting some kind of word on who the quarterback's going to be. And then at that point, you can start having it. Like a lot of what Douglas said to me, that's what it's born from. You're kind of stuck until that quarterback is done. So when you're looking at cap casualties, you're looking at what's going to happen on other areas of the roster. You really need that quarterback in place before you get too deep into the other stuff. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Brian Gutenkirst, the general manager of the Green Bay Packers, spoke today about what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. He said Aaron Rodgers has not told the team his plans. They haven't spoken at length since the end of the season. Quote, until we have those conversations, I think all options are on the table right now. So basically what he's saying is if Rodgers wants to come back, he can come back. If he doesn't, they're happy to move on to Jordan Love. Gutenkirst said ideally he would like a resolution with Rodgers before free agency begins on March 15th. Rodgers' contract will have to be restructured if he returns. Gutenkirst added that he's absolutely comfortable if Jordan Love is the quarterback to start the 2023 season. As far as Derek Carr goes, Derek Carr apparently wants to make a decision by the beginning of the legal tampering period, so a couple of days before what Gutenkirst talked about with Aaron Rodgers. There's also the fact that Derek Carr is now going to be meeting with the Saints and Jets for a second time. Panthers as well, possibly some other teams. It doesn't look like with Rodgers and Carr, there are going to be that many teams that are going to be in the mix for a variety of different reasons. In the case of Rodgers, probably because they're going to limit his availability to teams in the AFC if they end up trading him. With Carr, it's a matter of which teams need a quarterback and aren't in a position to maybe draft one on their own, perhaps would rather go with a veteran quarterback. With the Panthers, I get the impression, George, and you can tell me if you think that I'm wrong here, but knowing what you know about Frank Reich, Frank Reich just went through 
three veteran quarterbacks in a row, and it didn't really work out so well for him. Rivers was okay, but it was a very temporary solution. And then you had the disaster with Wentz, the disaster with Matt Ryan. I would think that a guy like Reich would want to grab his own guy, develop him. He does have the ninth pick in the draft. They do have extra draft capital, so they can move up if they need to. You would think that David Tepper in hiring Reich would be thinking about developing a quarterback as well. Plus, remember, the Panthers have not had a whole lot of luck bringing in these veteran quarterbacks recently either. Teddy Bridgewater did not work out all that well. They moved on from him instantly. Sam Darnold did not work out all that well they moved on from him instantly went back to him out of necessity but they moved on from him to go to Baker Mayfield and Baker Mayfield they moved on from in season they got rid of him before the season was even over at one point in this whole mess they brought back Cam Newton that didn't work out so you would think that with what's gone on with Reich recently and what's gone on with the Panthers they would look to go with a young kid that they can draft and there's news as far as quarterbacks in the draft and the number one overall pick specifically that we'll get into in a second George but I feel like the two teams that really make the most sense for Carr at this point are the Saints and the Jets the Saints if they can afford them makes sense because I feel like if the Saints get Derek Carr it immediately makes them the favorite to win a really bad division the NFC South if the Jets get Carr I think that puts them as a legitimate playoff team and year one with Carr maybe they can make a run but I think if you get Carr you have him for a couple of years you can build out the rest of the roster and maybe turn this team into a legitimate top of the AFC contender if you have him on board and you build out a really strong roster there so I think the Jets and Saints make a lot of sense for Carr The Panthers, yeah, if they got Carr, I think it would help them, certainly. But based on the experiences of Reich and the Panthers in general, I feel like this is more due diligence with them. What do you think, George? Where are you at with this? Yeah, well, I I know that, you know, there was a lot of talk here in Indy that, you know, not ever giving Frank Reich that young quarterback to to really build around and, and develop was one of the bigger mistakes, you know, while he was here. It was, like you said, just one veteran after another and, uh, just those returns got increasingly worse. So I would think probably he's not wild, like you said, about going down that road again. Certainly the Panthers have been born, burned by that multiple times themselves. Uh, the one thing I will say about that is there were rumors almost every year that Reich was here, that Derek Carr was somebody that the Colts were interested in. I don't know if that was from Ballard's side or if that was from his side, but I do know almost every year there was talk about Derek Carr, you know, if the Raiders are willing to move on, he's a possibility. Uh, obviously, that never came to fruition. He was never available during that time stretch. Uh, so maybe there's some interest from Frank Reich there. But even if there is, I, I got to believe that his history, the Panthers' history, is going to weigh heavily towards them trying to, to find their guy in the draft. Um, I think when you look at those teams that, that you mentioned, the Saints and, and the, Pan- and the uh, Jets, it makes a ton of sense. And I think, again... Aaron Rodgers is kind of the domino that that probably mm-hmm. needs to fall first here. Uh, once it's kind of determined where he's going, then that market for Derek Carr will be a little more defined. It's an interesting year, I think, in the quarterback carousel anyway. There's no clear number one pick. There's no you know Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence type prospect out there that everybody agrees is, is the number one guy, uh, and that's going to make the draft interesting. But then – What's Baltimore going to do with with Lamar Jackson? I think that's the Mm -hmm. other thing all these teams who are in the quarterback market at least have one eye on that situation just to see if that becomes a possibility as well. Uh, It's a very interesting time because of that. I do think in Carr's situation, I think he's going to be one of the guys 
that's most coveted, you know, out there. You look at what he's done, basically an MVP year. I think it was 2016. Uh, you know, his the numbers have, have been good across the board. I feel like if you put a good roster around him, and I think the Jets have a good roster, the Saints have a good roster. Those are two spots that you feel like he could go in right away, make a difference, start making postseason runs from day one. Rodgers is a guy that we think will probably be available. Carr is a guy that we know will be available. As you said, Lamar Jackson is a player that a lot of people are hopeful will be available. So those three guys are going to be interesting dominoes. It appears that at the moment, as you said, Rodgers will be the one that sort of stirs this entire drink. And right now, we have our suspicions as to where this is headed, but there haven't been substantive talks between Rodgers and the Packers. You heard that from both Gutenkirst and Aaron Rodgers himself when he was on McAfee a couple of weeks ago. And so until that happens, everything is sort of on hold, or at least that's how it feels. And we'll see how that progresses. But one thing that is not on hold, and it appears is definitely going to happen, is the Bears are going to shop that number one pick. Today, Ryan Pohl said that all options are open when it comes to the number one overall pick. He said that the team will do due diligence and evaluate the quarterback class, but will also field trade offers for the top pick. George, I've never believed that there was a universe in which the Bears were going to pick a quarterback at number one. I've always believed they were going to trade this pick because even if you're not sold on fields, and I'm not, I'm not entirely sold on him. I think he could be good, but he hasn't shown me enough yet as a passer to be completely sold. That said, he's shown me enough that I would want to go with him for another year because as you said, this class doesn't have that Trevor Lawrence in it. If it did, then maybe you could sell me on take Trevor Lawrence, trade Justin Fields. But I feel like Fields has as much upside as just about any quarterback in this class. Roll with him for another year, get a whole bunch of draft picks, build out the roster, and then if Fields doesn't deliver for you next year, you come into the draft loaded with assets and you can go up and make a move and get a quarterback there. I just don't think it makes sense to do it any other way. And then that brings us, of course, to who would trade up for the number one pick. A lot of possibilities here. Mentioned the Panthers before. The Raiders could be in play with the seventh overall pick. The two teams that seem to lead the clubhouse right now in speculation. The Colts, who you cover, they're at number four. The Texans are at number two. There's even been some rumors that maybe the Texans go from two to one and the Colts would go from four to two and the Bears could trade down twice but I do think that the Colts know they need to get themselves a quarterback in this draft I do think that the Texans know they need to get themselves a quarterback in the draft they're both in the same division they could be fighting it out for that number one overall pick and George I think it's going to get interesting because we are going to be doing daily shows from the combine and so we will find out what Bryce Young's actual measurables are how tall is he how thick is he Anthony Richardson, is he going to put on a show like we all expect? Because Daniel Jeremiah said the other day, he surveyed a bunch of front office people and coaches, and many of them say they have Anthony Richardson as their number two quarterback now. If he lights up the combine, you have to imagine there's a good chance he vaults above Bryce Young, and especially if Bryce Young does end up being, say, 5'10", 190 pounds or something like that. There are teams that are going to be worried about his frame. Anthony Richardson at 6'4", 230 pounds, no such worry. However, of course, there's the one year as a starter, the inconsistency. We saw the flashes, but you know how it is, George, in the NFL these days. 
teams bet on upside above everything else. They're not going to look at a guy like Anthony Richardson in terms of what is this guy now. They're going to look at him as what can we make this guy into in two to three years. And there are going to be teams that will be convinced they can turn him into a superstar. And Shane Steichen, look what he just did with Jalen Hurts. Maybe he looks at Anthony Richardson and thinks he can do the same. So we'll see how this shakes out with the number one pick. But I do think that what Ryan Pohl said today points in the direction that we all suspected from the beginning, which is the Bears will roll with fields at least for another year, and they will auction off the number one pick. Yeah, I don't think that was a surprise at all. That was the way it was headed. Uh, and now the, the Bears haven't come out and completely said that yet, but they definitely uh, hit it strongly that, that that's where they're going to go. Um, they've got to keep all options open just in case. You never know. I mean, maybe one of these guys will wow them in an interview uh, this week, you know, and, and then go out on the field and, and look spectacular and it'll change their opinion. But I think if nothing else, the time that you've put in trying to develop Justin Fields, I don't think you want to reset that clock just yet. Not without that can't miss prospect out there sitting there, you know, you're better off reinvesting in him and building around him, getting a lot more assets to do that. And I think the best, the best thing that could happen from the bear standpoint is for the Colts and, and Texans to get in a bidding war here, which very well may happen. As you mentioned, you know, the same division here, whoever's sitting in that, you know, if they like the same guy, and I don't know that they do, it's, it's hard to say the way these quarterbacks stack up. I feel like every week there's a different guy who's the hot one in that group and who's rising to the top, and, and I think it's going to be that way all the way to the draft. Um, but if they like the same guy, you're looking at having to play that guy twice a year. And I think that's what makes this situation so unique. In any year, uh, there's multiple teams trying to get up there, but – it's so unique this time around where whoever loses out in that battle between the Texans and the Colts, they're going to, that's going to haunt them, you know, for the next 10 years. So uh, I think it's really, it, it's imperative on both their parts to get up there and get that number one overall pick. I thought it was interesting that Paul said today it could happen before the start of free agency. Uh, if there's players involved in the deal. And I think that's something the Colts would like to do. Obviously Matt Eberflus is very familiar with the defensive roster here. I think they would like to trade some players and maybe keep some future picks if it works out that way by giving the Bears something now. That'll be interesting to see if that's the way it plays out. The Texans have more ammo in terms of picks in this year's draft, and they've got two first-rounders right off the bat. Uh, they've got all those those picks that they got from Cleveland that they can throw a lot of that the Bears' way. So uh, it'll be a really interesting race. And I think if you're Chicago, I'd definitely be interested in trading down twice if that's the way it plays out. Uh, you know, if the Texans go up to one and the Colts are still interested in coming up to two, I think I would definitely do that if I'm the Bears. Add as much as you can to build around Justin Fields. And then, like you said, if it doesn't work, use some of that, uh, you know, arsenal that, that you compiled this year to go get your guy next year. The last few times that there have been major moves up the board, whether it was for a quarterback or somebody else, it did happen at least a few weeks before the draft. We recall the Sam Darnold move up by the Jets with the Colts that resulted in the Colts fleecing the Jets, unfortunately, getting a bunch of picks that turned into Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard, and a couple of others that helped really build the core of the Colts. And obviously, Sam Darnold didn't work out, but that deal got done well ahead of the draft. 
we had that big trade with the Eagles and the Dolphins and the 49ers and all of that stuff when the 49ers moved up all the way to number three. That was done well ahead of the draft. And so we'll see if that ends up being the case again with the Bears. But obviously, they're in no rush. They know they can create a market and get a King's Ransom for that number one overall pick for a lot of the reasons that you just mentioned, especially if it comes down to the Colts and Texans because they're going to be vying for the same quarterback, we would assume. And so one of them will get the top prize. The other will have to settle for somebody else. And nobody wants to be in a situation where they have to not only not get the guy they want, but play that guy two times a year, especially if that guy pans out. So it's going to be a fascinating situation to monitor over the next couple of weeks. Some other news and notes from around the league, George, Deron Payne, the outstanding defensive tackle for Washington, gets franchise tagged. Not a big shock there. Two quarterbacks getting released, Carson Wentz, your old friend. I still can't believe that the Colts were able to get two third-rounders from Washington for Wentz after what he did his one year with the Colts. That was a face-saving trade, at least for Chris Ballard. They had given up a one and a three, but got back two threes, so ended up being a bad experiment, but it could have been a lot worse. All joking aside, the Jets are not going to be interested in Carson Wentz. I know people are throwing that out there just as a LOL Jets thing, but it's not happening. Marcus Mariota is getting released by the Falcons. He started 13 games for them last year. I wouldn't hate him as a backup, honestly, and it would be kind of funny if the Jets did get Derek Carr and then brought in Mariota as his backup. They'd be getting the gang back together because if you recall, Mariota at one point was the backup for Derek Carr with the Raiders. Shocking news coming out of Buffalo. Leslie Frazier, who is considered one of the top defensive coordinators in the league, has decided he wants a year off from football, so the Bills are going to look at who they can get to replace him for this year. Sean McDermott, the Bills head coach, said that they don't know if Leslie Frazier will be back with them next year. Frazier did say he wants to be back in the NFL, but George, as you and I were joking before we started recording, it's really hard to grab somebody to be the defensive coordinator with the pitch, hey, let's bring you in And if Leslie Frazier decides he wants to come back You're out of here The only way I guess you could pull that off Is if you take one of his assistants And promote him to defensive coordinator With that understanding ahead of time But if you want anybody who's established at all Or has any kind of pedigree You're going to have to give him some sort of assurance That he can be there for a while And that would mean that when Leslie Frazier comes back in 2024 Presuming he decides that he definitely wants to do that he would probably not be back with the Bills. Kenny Galladay released by the Giants. That is going to go down as one of the worst free agent signings of all time. It's a shame because Galladay was good with the Lions, but it just did not work out at all for him with the New York Giants. Nick Casario, general manager of the Texans, was asked about Brandon Cook's future. He said, quote, we'll do what's best for the team moving forward. I think it's pretty clear that means that he'd be willing to trade Brandon Cooks for the right price. If you're a contender and you need a receiver, you could do a lot worse than Brandon Cooks. He's been one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. Always productive, always moving the chains. That's somebody that if you're a team that needs a wide receiver and you're a playoff team or even maybe beyond that, a team that you think could be in contention for the Super Bowl, Brandon Cooks is somebody that you should definitely target. Brian Johnson, who is the quarterback coach for the Eagles, is now going to be the offensive coordinator. He gets elevated after Shane Steichen left to take the head coach job with the Indianapolis Colts. Not a big surprise here. Johnson is very well thought of in the Eagles organization. 
And he, of course, was the succession plan they had all along. The smart coaches, as you know, George, always have that next guy in the pipeline ready to go. And so Johnson is that next guy, and he will take over for Shane Steichen. Brett Veach, the general manager of the Chiefs, said they'd like to work out a long-term deal with Orlando Brown, their star tackle. But if they can't, they will probably franchise tag him. So I don't see him going anywhere. And if you look at the rest of the list of free agent offensive tackles beyond Brown, it's not very good. And so that probably plays a major role into why the Chiefs are going to tag him if they have to. They really can't afford to lose him. That offensive line is one of the big strengths of the team. Cincinnati Bengals director of player personnel Duke Tobin brushed aside any talk of the Bengals considering the possibility of trading T. Higgins. Speaking of the wide receiver and his possible availability, Tobin said he's in the business of making the Bengals the best team possible, not other teams. And if other teams want a really good wide receiver, they can find one themselves. What an awesome comment by Duke Tobin. He is now one of my favorite league executives. Also, Rand Carthon, who just got the job as the general manager of the Tennessee Titans, poured cold water on all the speculation about Ryan Tannehill going elsewhere, saying he fully expects Tannehill to be with the Tennessee Titans. Makes plenty of sense because the Titans are in rebuilding mode. They do not want to lock themselves in to a veteran who would cost them a bunch of money over the next few years like Derek Carr. They're not going to want to trade assets for somebody like Aaron Rodgers. Tannehill's got one year left at $27 million. They do not have anybody else behind him that's ready to go Malik Willis might be able to develop into something but he needs more time if he's going to do that or the Titans could go and draft somebody this year either way Tannehill at one year 27 million dollars is somebody that can hold the fort for another year and it's not like at 35 years old and coming off a season-ending injury he was going to net them much in a trade anyway so the Titans and Tannehill sticking with each other for one more year always made the most sense to me I always thought that all the talk about the Jets possibly getting Tannehill was more smoke than anything else. And finally, Pete Carroll said he absolutely could envision bringing Geno Smith back, but also using a high pick on another quarterback. Remember, they've got a top 10 pick that they acquired from Denver in the Russell Wilson deal. So the Seahawks are, quote, deeply involved in the 2023 draft quarterback prospects. That could be a bluff or it could be serious. It would make sense if you bring back Geno Smith. He is in his 30s now, so maybe you have Geno for a year or two and you sit a quarterback like Will Levis or Anthony Richardson behind him if that's how it shakes out. So, George, your thoughts on all these news and notes from around the NFL? I really, I had never really considered Seattle one of the best landing spots for Anthony Richardson because I hadn't really thought about it. But I really think now that would be a perfect spot. Now, I always thought Detroit would be a great place for him because you could sit behind Goff for a couple of years, come in and, and take over, you know, at some point or even Baltimore uh, if they were able to find a way to make that happen, which obviously they would, you know, they have to move way up in the draft to get that done. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be something they're interested in. Seattle makes a ton of sense. If he somehow gets to five, um, you know, they could they could bring him in there. Like you said, Gino's getting up there. Let him kind of develop a little bit more for a couple of years, and then maybe he'll be ready to go and, and be the next franchise guy there. That one to me, after Pete Carroll said that, that's that's what popped into my head right away. You know, that would be almost a perfect landing spot for Anthony Richardson. Not to mention you already have Metcalf Lockett and Kenneth Walker there on offense so you've got pieces for Richardson to work with when he's ready to go and Pete Carroll an established head coach who's one of the best in the league it's not quite 
Mahomes going to Kansas City because I don't want to compare Pete Carroll to Andy Reid, but it's probably the closest thing that you can get at this point in terms of who would be in position to potentially grab Anthony Richardson. And really, even if he's not available at five, the Seahawks are in position where if they really wanted him badly enough, they could probably move up a little bit and get him. So it's going to be fascinating. And like we said, George, we're going to be doing these daily shows tomorrow. We'll have some players to discuss. That's where that all begins. And we're going to get to the quarterbacks at some point. But I think if Richardson has a killer workout, which I suspect he will, we're going to be talking a lot more about him as a really coveted quarterback at the top of this draft class over the next couple of weeks and months. George Bremer, our friend who covers the Colts for CNHI Sports and the Herald Bulletin in Anderson, Indiana. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. We're going to talk again tomorrow when some of the players start making some news. In the meantime, for people that want to follow you on social media and check out your work in the Herald Bulletin, how can they do that? Yep, follow me on social media at GM Bremer. You can go to the Blue Horseshoe Pod, uh, which is the Blue Horseshoe Pod on YouTube. Uh, we're always looking like, comment, and subscribe there. And then all my work is at HaroldBolton.com. Check out everything George is doing and follow him on social media. Check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got some awesome All-22 breakdowns on our channel, including one of Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers. So if you want to check them both out while we wait to see how the quarterback situation shakes out, Go ahead and do that. Watch our videos. Subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash play like a jet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time. Doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, We'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.